Hi, I'm Naomi Wadler, and you're listening to Now This Kids, a podcast presented by Cheerios. Have you ever had to move to a new school or city? It can feel scary to leave behind familiar places and friends to start over somewhere new. Now imagine moving to a different country, not because you want to, but because you have to. Today, we're going to talk about refugees. Here are the three things you should know. Just last year, over 30,000 refugees resettled in the U.S. Think about all those families whose lives were changed. This number may seem big, but we can always put in the work to welcome more people into our communities. Want to celebrate the refugees in your community? June 20th is World Refugee Day. It's a day to raise awareness and celebrate the bravery of refugees who often risk everything for a safer life. While migrants in the U.S. are 15% of the population, they represent 25% of entrepreneurs, which means that they create about 1.5 million jobs every year. Seems like a win-win to us. I'm sure we've all heard the words immigrant or refugee. Often, they're lumped together, but they're actually very different. People immigrate to new countries for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they do so for better opportunities like jobs, schools, or to be closer to family. But becoming a refugee is less of a choice and more of a need. Some people need to leave their countries because their home isn't safe anymore. In these cases, they have to leave to protect themselves or their families. This week on Now This Kids, we're talking about what it means when a person becomes a refugee and how we can better support the refugees in our communities. Across the world, refugees are not always given the same opportunities as citizens. Access to things like healthcare, education, or a job may be harder to obtain as a refugee. But there are people who are committed to changing that because equal access to education, healthcare, and financial security makes our communities stronger. Today, we're talking to my friend, Mohammed Al-Jundi. Mohammed and his family fled their home country of Syria when he was just 16 years old. As a refugee in Lebanon, he didn't have access to a school, but knowing how important education is, Mohammed and his family built a school in their refugee camp, and it now has more than 200 students. I talked to Mohammed about his experience leaving Syria and the importance of education. What was your life growing up before you had to go to Lebanon? I was born and raised in Syria, and then growing up, my life was quite normal. It was like um, any other kid. I, I went to school, I had like some friends, uh, having friends in neighborhoods back in Syria, it's quite a common thing. Like you don't just have friends in schools, you have friends also in your neighborhood where you play football and those things. So it was a normal childhood. But then in 2011 is when the revolution started in Syria. And after a while, the war started. And that's what also changed my childhood completely. One of the memories that the, like as they say, still haunts me until today is the uh, the kind of um, of community we had back in Syria. Like uh, as a kid or as an adult, you used to wake up every day, go to your uh, local bakery, and you would know the, the people who works there. So you would say hi, good morning, like those small chats. You would go to your local grocery store and have those uh, those small chats. So we were you, we used to be a community. You we always felt that we actually belonged there. And that's a memory that I hold in Syria that uh, I haven't felt anywhere else. I think that's something that most refugees miss after they flee their country.
So what overall from your own experiences gave you the idea to start a school? Because there might have been a lot of things that you felt that you had to do, you needed to do, or you felt that would be right to do to help the children around you and the kids who were also in your position um, or had been in your position. So um, what really gave you the idea to create that community and what was the process to create it? It came from a very personal place. For when I first came to Lebanon as a kid, I had no friends and I was out of school. So where would a child that age 12 make friends? So uh, at, at some point, my family and I started volunteering in a Syrian refugee camp. And I've met these children and we and, the ch- and me and the children, we became friends. At that point, I felt that, yes, I, I, I belong somewhere and I wanted to, to preserve that. I wanted to keep it safe, you know. And that's where the idea of basically a place where, where I can still hang out with my friends came at. Like it wasn't just a, it wasn't a school. It was just a place for me and my friends who were also children, Syrian children who lived in the camps, can hang out at. And then slowly we decided, like, if we're going to have this place, why don't we try to support each other? And then it became school. Yeah, and we opened a school, I think it was 2014. It was the beginning of 2014. So we've been running for six years now. And of course, because we always make sure that when we talk about the school, I always say that it comes from a very personal uh, place. And I always make sure that we never say that we're helping the children because we're not helping them. I started the school because those children allowed me to become their friend. So it's to me, it's actually more of I'm paying a debt that they gave me. Uh, so we're working together to improve ourselves and to improve our community that we've built. If you could tell us a little bit more about why education is so important to you and what experiences or what you knew about um, schools and your experience in schools led you to believe that education was a right that everyone should have. Actually, I feel most of the things that refugees need to survive, not just mentally, but also physically to survive, as people, uh, they're not being taught it in, uh, in, in traditional school systems, neither in Lebanon or anywhere in the world. The things that I've learned as a person and as a refugee outside of the school is how to how to take pride of my identity as a refugee rather than feeling, for example, that it's uh, just a bad thing that happened to me that I have to accept. Because a lot of refugees face the struggle of being constantly reminded that they are a burden on the hosting countries. The hosting countries are the countries where the refugees move to. Education, as we understand it, is not just uh, learning how to write and how to read and your ABCs and science and all these things. Education is more um, where you learn how to build a community for yourself or at least attempt to. Uh, Because just the attempt is good enough. It makes you feel good enough. And that's and that's that's what we try to use the education for. Education is a, is a very important tool for anyone who wants or who seeks to build a community wherever they go. When we started our project, which is the school, when we started working on it, uh, slowly the school became not just a school. The project not just become building a school. It became building a community using education. We had the common goal of improving ourselves through learning the ABCs and the science and while improving ourselves, improving ourselves as a collective as well, so as a community. So really that sums it up in a sentence. Education is very important because it's not just a tool for you to improve yourself, but it's also a tool that will help you build the community that you aspire to be part of.
And is it rewarding? Do you feel a sense of importance when you see the community that you and so many others have built surrounding the school? Yeah, so we always do follow-up sessions with them to see where they are. And for example, most of the children who do not have a good chance in enrolling in formal education in Lebanon, so they can get formal certificates and graduate high school, for instance, not for us, they wouldn't have been able to do that. So because they went through our programs, boosted their confidence, they solved some mental issues that they had and also got the education that they need to enroll in these schools. Uh, they were able to enroll in these schools and continue their education. Uh, we have women program and men program as well. We felt that the this community that we built, which is peaceful, is free of gender violence, is free of uh, gender differences. We try to promote equality in a sense. It, it, we were able to reach even the homes of those children so they had more of a stable homes. And that, of course, improved their ability to, uh, to learn and, and progress in life. So yeah, so you can, you, can see, you can see the impact that our school had on them, and we can see the impact that they had on themselves. And, that, and that's the most important thing, how they improved themselves. And that's and that's that, that's for me fascinating. That's what keeps me doing what I do, to be honest. How does someone become a refugee? Well, if their home country has become too dangerous to live in, they can travel to a different country to seek refuge or safety. Often during this transition, they're forced to leave behind not only things and places they love, but also friends and family. Seeking refuge can be complicated and very emotional. Welcoming refugees with an open heart is one of the kindest and most helpful things we can do. They are people, just like us, with their own beliefs, hopes, and dreams. Embracing people for who they are, regardless of where they came from, can go a long way towards making a new country feel like home. Refugees like Mohammed and his family were able to make the most of their situation, but that doesn't mean they didn't lose a lot to get where they are now. Appreciate the things that make your life great. Your home, your loved ones, your friends, your school. Treat them with love and respect, because not everyone is as fortunate. Seeing the value in what you have can help you help others reach for their dreams, no matter where they live or where they come from. Thanks for listening to this episode of Now This Kids, presented by Cheerios and produced in collaboration with Edit Audio. We want to hear from you. Send us an email at kids at nowthismedia.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.